welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And with our new friend, Sam Rodriguez. Yes. Rodriguez, there you go. <laughs> and his dad, his name is Chai Chai. How are you doing, Sam? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Good, good. Sam Rodriguez, it's, it's like just like sound a sure about that, new member of the family. He thought he was getting like in trouble or something. Yeah. yeah no. He's still he's still like in, on probation, double secret probation. Yeah. I think he's doing okay. So we're going to we're gonna keep him for a little while because he kind of... He just adds another little Holy Spirit perspective to everything we do here. He adds a lot. Yeah, so the Holy we, Spirit. The problem is, like, sometimes he gets so like inflamed, like literally just burns and mm-hmm. on fire, a blaze that we've got to like get water. The yeah. waitress has to bring stuff over and got to put him out. But put him out. It's good to have him here, Sam. It's good to have you here. Oh, it's George wonderful to be here. Thank yeah. you so much. So you know, uh, so our topic today is kind of I don't know. It's a little difficult, I think. Um, but I think it's something that we need to talk about, and I think a lot of families experience this. I think we see a lot of uh, grief and a lot of problems uh, when we when we read the news and the, all the media stuff that's out there, and just we realize there's just a lot of stuff going on that's like it's just sad, right? Um, and I was particularly reading a little um, story about uh, teenage suicide, and it just so happened I was reading it only because it, I just uh, was getting ready to and have recently done a. A confirmation retreat. So I had a bunch of eighth graders, and I really wasn't focusing on uh, teenage suicide. Uh, but I, it helps me to understand and gauge how I'm going to engage those eighth graders. And one of the things that's always really helped me to do is to see a perspective where they're. I don't always see on their faces really what's going on deep down inside. And mm-hmm. so it really, I just feel it's incumbent upon me. You know, I guess really with the spirit of wisdom that's come upon me in my own confirmation is to help them know they're loved. Right. Uh, And so I spend a lot of time doing that. But, you know, it did make me sort of think, ponder, whatever, about about suicide or really just about the concept of despair. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've read a little bit about it and I was sitting there thinking, you know, what are the things that cause us to despair? What are the things that cause an ordinary kind of happy go lucky? Everything's kind of going okay, man or woman to be going through life. And then all of a sudden they just feel inundated and, and end up being in a category that's so tragic where uh, marriage breaks up or uh, in, in some kind of horrible situation and, and hopefully not, but sometimes leading to things like suicide. And you wonder how, like, how did, how did you get here mm-hmm. when it just seemed like everything was going along? Now, we're not really going to address mental illness at all here. And I know that sometimes mental illness plays a part in all of this and I and we don't have any kind of initials at the end of our names to qualify us to be any kind of therapist or or licensed in any kind of uh, uh, psychology or uh, psychiatric fields but I guess the point in all this is to say that there are are ordinary people that experience extraordinary things and sometimes can have a profoundly negative impact on them so I thought we maybe we should do a show about like really the obstacles to hope right the opposite of uh, you know that 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 theological virtue of hope. Mm-hmm. It's it's poured into us in our baptism. It's given to us every time we we go and receive Holy Eucharist when we go to confession. Uh, certainly, all the sacraments and especially in confirmation, we we should be experiencing hope. And so sometimes I think identifying like what causes us. What are the obstacles? 
right? And so I just thought I'd start thinking like, well, let me just jot some down that could just come to mind. Well, first I prayed about it. Good idea. I like to pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to just give me, enlighten me in some some form or fashion. Sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. he cuts me loose. Uh, no, he doesn't. Uh, sometimes I don't hear very well. I'll say it that way. So, like, the first thing that, like, came to mind is just, I mean, I thought about the other theological, one of the other theological virtues of faith. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought for a second and thought, you know, an obstacle to hope is if you don't believe. It's true. I mean, think about this for a second. You know, and I know we've said it on this show before, and I... And I I really feel that way that like sometimes when I'm when I'm looking out at the congregation there's a sadness because I think that there's several people that are sitting there that don't actually believe they don't really believe in God right cuz and, and again I'm not judging and I have no way of going like see that guy over there he's going to hell I have no way of knowing that right and and I would never presume to have that ability and certainly that's not something that God wants me to have right to have right. this this uh but I but I do from my own personal experience, realize there are a lot of people sitting out there that their lives really have not changed, right? There's no transformation. And I just wonder, I mean, do they, do they actually have faith? I mean, do they actually believe? Because when you, when you believe, I mean, you, you, you start, change. right, you internalize, you give yourself over to something. Yeah, you'll transform. And so that's, it's just a, um, that's just a question I have. And I think that sometimes, you know, our kids, I mean, do they really believe in God? That's a good. That's a. It's a hard question, and I'm sure most people raise their hand. Like if I did it in mass next Sunday, I'm preaching this coming Sunday, you know. And so if I say, let me have a show of hands, who here believes in God? I'm guessing everybody would raise their hands. I would hope so. Well, there's the hard of hearing guy in the front, right? He, he's not. He's like, what the heck is everybody raising their hands for? And then there's always that. Like I just had this in the eighth grade retreat. You know, I sometimes start the retreat in kind of a funny way, the confirmation way, and I'll say like, who in here? wants to be in jail just raise your hand if you want to be in jail anybody anybody you know and there's always the one kid <laughs> you know and he'll raise his hand like check me out you know raise his hand so those are the only people that raise their hand if, if you said who doesn't believe in god and the reality is i think everyone thinks they believe in god i mean sam do you see that like where some people like they live a different reality than what they say like they say they believe in god and so there's a really a, an inherent deep down problem with faith well they <clears throat> a lot of folks might say that they believe in God and might believe that they believe in God, but may not have actually had an encounter yeah. with the living God and may not really be able to say or describe that which they believe in. It could be something that's distant, impersonal, right? Because it's one thing in, in the relationship between faith and hope, I would say, is hope is knowledge of God's faithfulness. Mm. You know, and in this covenant relationship right. that we are entering into, you can trust him. You you can count on him, and he's going to come through. Yes, and that he's made promises to us, right? And that he is faithful to those promises. Yeah, and he, it's him who's going to give us the grace to make it possible for us to be faithful. Yeah, to amen. him. So <laughs> I I agree with that, and I think a lot of people will say they know God, right? But they in their mind they know. God in the same way they know what day it is, they know what time it is, they know where the bus station is, they they have passing knowledge of things, but they don't have that sort of biblical knowledge, that, that intimacy where mm-hmm. Jesus says, you know, on judgment day, there'll be people that cry out, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, go away, I, I never knew you, 
right? And what does that mean to know him? And so you're right. I think they don't have a relationship. And that, that kind of lack of faith, I mean, it inherently leads to a lack of hope. Because if you don't actually believe in a saving God, a God that is able to, to conquer all evil and all death and to bring joy and to bring fulfillment and, and to make everything fruitful, right? If you don't believe that and it doesn't transform you, you don't have a relationship with him, then it's like, what am I living for? I don't right. really have any desire to live. And, and, you, I, and you hit the nail on the head, too, that... Uh, I do that a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, just in terms of also just the fact that God is love and that you are loved by this God. Another well. theological virtue. Yes. We're getting them all in here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so beautiful. Um, so, you know, and, and that kind of led me to another possible obstacle to hope, and that is that, 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 that we experience shame, mm. right? And really, um, Sam, it, it, it ties into that concept of love because we think that, you know, I'm so broken, I'm so dirty, I'm so worthless that even God couldn't love me. I'm unlovable, mm-hmm. right? And, and people believe that. That and that becomes an obstacle to hope. You can't have hope if you feel like he doesn't want me. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of folks, my, I struggled for years with shame and with really accepting the fact mm-hmm. that God loved me. And I found myself... I had to catch myself and I realized that that was a problem, that I was coming up with different ways to sort of falsely surrender shame, but really still hanging on to it and not really owning the fact that God loves me as I am, mess that I am, that he has a perfect plan that takes all of my mistakes and all of my sins into account and... That's just a reality of life. And he loves you. And he loves me. Right. And we want to, we don't want to let go of that stuff. So kind of closely tied to that, I think, is another obstacle to hope, and that is this concept that we're unforgivable, right? Mm-hmm. That my sin is so big, it's so bad. And I understand a lot of times you hear about somebody committing suicide, and you're thinking, like, why would they do that? They seem like a happy family man. And then you find out there's some horrible, you know, deep, dark secret that he had. And I, and mm-hmm. I, I understand the concept of that. But if you don't believe in God and you don't believe that God is, is, is in a supernatural way like almighty and all-powerful, then you don't believe that you can be forgiven. I mean, you, it's like God now has to succumb to your grand dirtiness, your grand shame, your grand unforgivableness that you've created for yourself, your own monster, and God has to give in and say, yeah, you're right, I can't forgive that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I can't do that. And that's not that's the opposite of the truth. And so we it's just it's hard and sometimes we'll lose hope simply because we think we can't be forgiven. Right? We can never reconcile, we can never get things back to the way they need to be. And that's a that's a scary thought, right? And an opt- obstacle to hope. Right? Now we're 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 we've got a lot of like negative stuff going on here. We do. But I want people to know we're gonna we're gonna try to make this thing positive eventually. But then there's also like another obstacle to hope, and I think uh, it's like this constant stress. I remember being in Hawaii when my wife was trying to kill me one time when we were in Hawaii, and we went to all these different natural disaster places where like some kind of blowhole and slippery whatever and some like tidal wave central or whatever. And I went to this out of the beach, I'm riding some wave and crashed into it. Then I tried to stand up and another wave came in and knocked me down. And another wave, as I started to get to my feet, would knock me down. I, I couldn't stand up and I was... I think I could have drowned, I think, but, but, but I didn't. Um, but the point of that is it's like sometimes we feel like these waves of negativism, of, of, of mm. sin, of problems, of stress, of the pressures just keep coming at us, and they don't let up. And I can see where you can start to get like uh, lose hope. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, it's like it's, it's an obstacle to hope to say I'm never going to get out of this. 
My head will never be above water, right? That's scary. And then the last one I wanted to kind of mention was this idea that sometimes that we're in a state of sin, especially in serious sin, and it's like St. Paul or Saul with the scales on his eyes, mm-hmm. right? This idea that we just we can't see clearly, you can't see hope, you can't see forgiveness, you can't see the possibility of, of love because you're just you're covered in sin. It's true. Right? It just it's like this this thick blanket that's that's covering you and suffocating you. And it's definitely an obstacle to hope. And so when you meet people that are experiencing these terrible things, and all of us to some degree can experience these things, mm-hmm. right? You, 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 you think, man, this is, I can see where this can lead to bad things. It can lead to despair. It can lead to that, that, that idea that even God can't love. God can't love you, you know, and there's no way out of this thing. That's why confession is such a gift. This is a powerful thing, uh, Tom. And, and, and you're exactly right. And we're going we're gonna to do, there's some other antidotes, by the way to despair that's we don't we want to leave on a happy note there you go and so here they are oh wait we have to stop oh, of course yeah we have to do a little break here mm-hmm. we're gonna take a break before we get to all the antidotes to this this lack of hope this despair uh i want to remind folks at home we got a great website thecatholiccafe.com I want you guys to visit that but also send me an email send just let me tell me what's going on in your life you know what can we uh i got a couple of good ones to read here uh, coming up in a, in a few shows here in the, in the future. But uh, send me what's going on in your life. Uh, send that email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemsky, and this is another great moment in church history. It is not easy to love with a deep love, which lies in the authentic gift of self. This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at Him, being one with His fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters, with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. These profound words, spoken by Pope John Paul II, encompass the message of divine mercy entrusted to Sister Faustina Kowalska. In Poland in the 1930s, St. Faustina received a message of mercy for the entire world from Jesus Christ himself. In the midst of turmoil after the First World War and the ominous cloud of another war on the horizon, a humble little nun encountered Christ in a series of deep and mysterious mystical experiences. She wrote, In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. Christ told St. Faustina, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. Christ commanded St. Faustina to convey his message of mercy to the world. He desired that she make known the infinite love he has for all people. My daughter, I demand that you devote all your free moments to writing about my goodness and mercy. It is your office and your assignment throughout your life to continue to make known to souls the great mercy I have for them and to exhort them to trust in my bottomless mercy. The message of St. Faustina calls us back to the church and her sacraments. It calls us to a deeper conversion of heart and a preparation for the final judgment 
and our own judgment before Christ on the day of our death. Through Faustina, Christ reminds us, He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Christ told her that after this time of mercy, the day of justice will come, and he urges us to have recourse to his infinite mercy. St. Faustina's life and writings remind us to come and wash ourselves in Christ's mercy. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm talking with Sam Rodriguez and Tom Dorian, and we are talking about obstacles to hope and all the problems and how to avoid despair, but really like recognizing despair mm-hmm. and how problematic that is. We ended sort of like being in a state of sin, uh, and that's, uh, you know, like having a lack of faith leads to obstacles to hope. You know, thinking God can't love you, that you're unforgivable, that you're constantly inundated with stress and pressure, and and certainly if you're if you're sort of living a day to day existence in a state of sin, I mean, you can have a distorted view of hope and maybe not even have any hope, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, I was thinking that every time we sin deliberately, there's a there's a sin against the first commandment, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's a choice of you're saying, I know that God says, don't do this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and do this anyhow. Are we not putting our trust in that thing or that person, making an idol of that thing, that yeah. person? And at that point, if we're putting our trust in that thing, that person, are we putting our hope in that person? So is there not an act of despair that's happening with every deliberate sin? Right. Trust follows I mean, hope follows trust, right? I mean, if you what you trust, if you trust God, you'll have hope. If you trust the idol, you, you, there's a blockage, right? There's like you're going to have to go to the doctor and get that blockage taken care of. You know, you're going to have to go to confession or whatever because you're you, you're right. I, you make an idol of that thing, um, and that's what you put your trust in. Absolutely, you know, and and a lot of times it just begins with attachment. And Saint John of the Cross has a great quote where he said that. Uh, an attachment is anything you don't think you can live without, including your life itself. Wow. Okay. Man, th- those are too hard. Don't do those, Sam. <laughs> don't, don't, don't challenge us here. We just want the simple things now. Can we just take a bite at a time here? Um, all kidding aside, I, I, I agree. And so, But I don't want to end this show with like we just – the first half of this show is all about these obstacles to hope, and it's like it's kind of depressing. It is. Right? And so – but it's like we don't live in depressing faith. I mean – to love God is to is to have joy, right? Mm-hmm. Even if we rejoice in our sufferings, it, it, there there is a, a sense of of meaning and purpose, and a sense of a desire to live in eternity in blissful joy with he- in heaven with God. So, what we need to talk about now, maybe, is like if we see if we identify and we can identify these obstacles to hope that we can hopefully avoid them. But if we don't, we fall into them. There are there are some antidotes. There are things that we can we can ponder, we can pray about, we can think about, and maybe just at least recognize in our life that if we take little bites out of out of out of this delicious fruit, that that's this it's going to be a saving thing, right? It's gonna it's gonna not going to be like that apple on the uh, tree in the Garden of Eden, right? Right. Or was it a persimmon? That's another show. We don't want to go there. <laughs> so so the, one of the as I kind of came up with some like what are some antidotes to despair? One of the things I came up with. 
um, was Jesus already did it, right? He conquered Satan. And this is a concept that I think a lot of people don't really fully understand and don't think about. We live in, in, in Kronos. We live in this, this time, tick-tock, tick-tock, mm-hmm. alpha, omega, a beginning and an end. Our lives were born. We live our life and then we die. And it's like all measured by time. Well, in heaven, eternity, there is no time, right? It's Kairos. It's this idea of it's God's time. Everything has already happened. Everything is happening and everything will happen all at the same time. Mm-hmm. We can't conceive of that. There's a great mystery to this. But the reality is if you think like that, you start to realize, wait, God has already conquered Satan. He's already conquered evil. And so he basically he has paved the road for my own success, my own salvation, and made it available to me. All I got to do is get on board with the program. Mm-hmm. It's like I just need to read that memo, and I just need to understand that I am loved and that God is already just like Jesus. He did it. right? He did everything, and we just got to hitch our wagon to that star. And it just will, it may change things for us to realize, I know it seems bad, but the reality is God's already, Jesus has already done this for me, mm-hmm. right? He died for me, and he overcame Satan, overcame death, all of evil. It's all gone. Now, we experience in a temporal way here on this earth, right, as we're preparing ourselves for heaven, but that's what we're preparing ourselves for, for heaven. And if we keep that mindset that Jesus has already won the battle, we are no longer soldiers in the battle in the sense that we'd like i hope we win this thing mm-hmm. right we, we we have no chance of losing if we're on the winning side which is jesus christ right right so having a relationship with him that's the blessing we just need to accept it we mm-hmm. need to accept what he's already done for us and it sounds simple because it is and i know it's difficult when you're in in a deep state of of desperation despair and and, and depression but like this is something to to hold on to Jesus has already done it, mm-hmm. right? We can wave the flag of victory, and we just need to follow behind him, right? So another one is uh, an antidote here to despair, I think, is to recognize that angel and saints, that God sends angels and saints to us every day. Sometimes they're actual angels and saints, but I, I think also just that God puts people, strangers, family, friends in our path. They're here to love us. We're in a community, that's right. And we recognize we're in a community. It, it will change everything. That We'll know love through those people. God sends us those people every day so that we can experience his love. you got to reach out. Well, and I think in addition to experiencing their love and experiencing their material support to the extent that that might be necessary during those right. difficult times, it's also they we can learn from their perspectives. Because sometimes when we are seeing things through our own lenses and the stuff that we really think we need. Right. And the stuff that we can't live without. Right. Oh, no, you're right. Other people in the church can look upon what we're going through and they can breathe hope. And sometimes they can give you a perspective that you don't have because you're sort of self-absorbed, right? And you think, I already know what I need. It's like, well, that hadn't worked for you so far. Right. Right. We, we get ourselves in that situation. You're exactly right, Sam. I think that recognizing in a community that there's so much benefit to have other perspective, to have other people help us. That's why we live in community. Mm. Right. So and, and kind of tied to that is understanding that we're loved. So God sends these people to tell us we're loved. We just need to know that we're loved. And, and I say this all the time, but because maybe I have to convince myself. Uh, but we are loved just the way we are, 
we're loved as broken as we are. We're, God doesn't love the future you. He doesn't love the, the perfected you, the sinless you. He wants you to be perfected. He wants you to be sinless. He wants you in the future to be joy-filled and happy and understand it all. But the reality is he died. He sent his son to die for the broken you as you are right now. Now, he doesn't want to stay. He wants you to stay like you are right now. But he loves you as you are right now. And that, that should give us hope, right? That will fight despair. It's like, as ugly as I am, as pitiful as I am, as sinful as I am, he loves me. You know, a lot of times when I've been walking with people who find it hard to believe that God loves them, you know, one of the things that I say, and a lot of times it comes from uh, broken parent parental relationships where they really don't feel loved by their parents. Mm-hmm. And there's a father wound or sometimes a mother wound. You know, some of the things that I'll say to them is, you know, when, when, you're, when you were born, your parents weren't able to go on a dry erase board and say, these are the strengths and weaknesses that we want in our son. Well, my dad did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> but even if they did, it's not that they could bring into being right. exactly the kid that they had in mind. Don't think humans haven't tried, but you're right. We don't have that. That's, we can't control that. But God can, and Amen. he did. Yeah. And oh, you awesome. are exactly who God had in mind. You're right. You're loved as you are. That's beautiful. And called to be um, perfected, right, as our Heavenly Father is perfect. But don't stop and think, God will only love me when I'm perfect. That's, mm. that's, a, that's a really bad trap to live in. Now, also, Tom, you mentioned confession. I'm going to mention all the sacraments and say all the sacraments are there to give us hope, to give us life. It's God's divine life poured into us. And if we are blocking our, that grace, if we're the blockage if, because we're living in mortal sin and, and we're not receiving the grace, I mean, it's like, you know, I want to go to the hospital, but they're going to give me all that medicine and make me feel better. I don't want that. That's what we're saying, ultimately, mm-hmm. that we don't want to go to the hospital. We don't, want to, we don't want to go to the church. We don't want the sacraments. We don't want God's life. We want to try to figure it out on our own. We can't do that. And realize the power and the grace that comes to us through the sacraments. And then I think I just I want to end with one that's like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Right. If we would recognize like, is really is this as bad as it is? The devil, is this all you got? The reality is like it's 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 not necessarily as bad as you think. Your world is not over if you think it is. There's always tomorrow. There's always another day. God loves you. Pick up and move on and know that you're loved. Allow people to reach in and tell you that you're loved, mm-hmm. right? So all those obstacles to hope, the beautiful thing is no matter how many obstacles to hope there are, there are even more antidotes to despair that are going to lift us up. They're going to f- just, just put us in the love of God to, to allow us to be, to be embraced by God. And so um, that's, what, that's our message is have hope, right? Have hope. It's so beautiful. Sam, Amen. thanks for being here with us again. Oh, thank you. Tom, always fun. Thank you. So, like, really, one mortal antidote to despair is know that our mother loves us. Mary, she loves us. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to ask her to pray on our behalf, to intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.